Is there another way down? Is there another path down to the river? Please, please help me. I've got to get... Oh, my foot. Oh, oh damn, damn, damn. I'm sorry. Oh, damn, damn and blasted. I'm sorry. And you shmi. 18 years of total silence and you shmi. What? I've kept my vow for 18 years. Not a single recognizable articulate sound has passed my lips. Could you be quiet for another five minutes? Hey, kids. This is a re-upload of an older episode. We had to cut some stuff so we can have the episode up. I would like to send a shout out to William Hurst for helping out with editing. Thanks to him, because he'll listen to some of these older episodes. You're listening to Monster of the Week, constructing old true magic. This is how we show from What are we talking about today, Anton? Today we have the end boss of end bosses in pre-modern at Monster of the Week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he recently won uh, kind of the biggest tournament ever, IRL tournament ever, Mr. Flint Aspill. Welcome. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's nice to have you on so recently after your big win in yeah. Lobsicon. Uh, but you, you're kind of well known in the community otherwise, right? You're doing some recordings, you're doing some streaming and you're doing some podcasting and whatever. So people probably heard of you if they yeah. if they play pre-modern. Been, I've been around for a couple of years, played yeah. a lot of monthlies, done a lot of streaming with uh, Mike Wade, Cloud Goat Ranger. And I'm a, I'm a long time listener, first time guest. So really happy to be here. Thanks oh. for having me. Yeah, thanks for for getting on. We were like, we wanted to be polite, and we we realized that Premodcast might actually book you first, so we kind of like tipped around that. But yeah. you said you were free, so yeah, here you are. Great there, to have you on. Man. There's always a bit of juggling after a big like tournament. <laughs> what are yeah. the other? two like three yeah, podcasts yeah. doing <laughs> yes uh, and we 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 can listen a bit to you if someone wants uh, to do that on atc yeah uh, you had a small like t- chat with mono after you actually took the whole tournament down right yeah really briefly we walked over and right in the middle of the tournament you know really Really loud ambient noise everywhere, but Mano asked me just a couple questions about how the day went and how I was feeling, and I think the adrenaline was still going pretty strong. <laughs> it was all kind of a blur when we were we were doing that, but uh, yeah, it was it was great, and hopefully he captured some of the energy uh, in the room, or at least how I was feeling in the moment with that. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. think so. I, I listened to it. Uh, you Same. you were a bit like dazed i'd say (laughs) that's fair yeah yeah you were like i I don't know if everything had actually sunk it in yet but uh, that's that's what you want right yeah so anton you uh, we've decided to go about this in what manner then today yeah today we will get to learn about um hermit druid the archetype what Mm -hmm. the deck evolution about it and uh, we will have flint do a like a regular tournament report. Yeah. You need to tell us about your matchups and um, everything you decide upon entering like LobsterCon. Why do you bring a 
fringe fucking deck that like one person plays and coincidentally it is you uh, if you look <laughs> yeah. at cc decks like there is like one person who has 50 percent or something of, of all the top eight showings there and it's mr flint mm. uh with so this deck or... with this deck yeah yeah, yeah okay mm. uh so yeah let's just take a deep dive into hermit knot yeah so we're we're starting with your journey with the deck i guess uh, the angry hermit deck also known as the naughty hermit deck is that correct guys <clears throat> yes it, it evolved to become the naughty hermit deck but it originally started as angry hermit or angry ghoul there's a little bit of a debate since there was an old deck called angry hermit that wasn't actually the sutured ghoul list um it was played a long time ago um but I think more colloquially in the pre-modern community, it's it's often referred to this deck as Angry Hermit, um, with the Dreadnought as being sort of the the biggest change in, in the evolution of it, which we'll get to um, mm -hmm. at some point, I'm sure. So the big thing you're doing with the deck is uh, activating the Hermit Druid, Millionaire deck, reanimate Sutured Goal, exile a bunch of Rexian Dreadnoughts, trigger a Dragon Breath, and hit for lethal. That's yes, the main plan. It's this wonderful cascade of card interactions. <laughs> yeah. um, that's really fun if you're the person doing it and not as fun if you're the person on the other end of the table, I would imagine. Um, but given that not a lot of people have played the deck other than myself, um, perhaps, you know, a handful of others like Mike Arnold's played it a little bit. And um, uh, I know David Thomas Tao had, had played it um, in one of the monthlies and um and some other folks had as well but yeah that's that's pretty much the name of the game it's pretty straightforward pretty broken card hermit druid but but it's it's funny like seb you break it down there like okay it's it sounds complicated <laughs> but really it is a one card combo basically for like one mana <laughs> so yeah pretty stupid yeah you only need the hermit druid to go off then uh, yeah but also, I guess it's evolved into the Wish and Charm Cypher package thing with Red Dot Stand, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's the additional win con or yeah. yeah, it's I think it started as as an additional win con and it, it almost it also started as kind of a surprise deck. Um so the original version of the deck, and I talked about this in the pre modcast a while ago, so I won't sort of um bore you all with, with the the same sort of synopsis, but it was an old Z Moshewitz list that I had, had taken from an article that he wrote, I think back in 2003, except his list had Vampiric Tutor and was a little more powerful. And mm. I had run that. And then I was talking with Mike Arnold, you know, to his credit. And he, he had said, well, why don't we just run Phyrexian Dreadnought in it? And kind of thought about it and mold it over and then started to work on lists. And I think someone actually beat us to it. Someone in one of the monthlies, I don't know if it was the online monthly or in another tournament that got where pictures got posted online, but someone had combined um, the decks and put Dreadnought uh, in the list. And Mike Arnold was like, oh, the, so the cat's out of the bag, you know, to some extent. But we ended up running it anyway in, in the next monthly or so. But we ran the Dreadnoughts in the main deck to exile instead of Kroos and Cloud Scraper or whatever, the old 1313 green yep. creature. Mm. Um, and, but we kept the Vision Charms and the Stifles in the sideboard. And... The, you know, the, the, the whole goal is you kill them, you know, in the first game with Hermit Druid and they bring in all their graveyard hate and then you board out the, the Hermit Druid package and you board in the Vision Charms and the Stifles and you beat them with just a traditional Stifle yeah. Knot uh, approach. Like and, go, work, working around the graveyard hate in a way. 
Exactly. So you have that different angle of attack. And mm. I remember, like, I, I think I took fourth when I played it, and I know Mike Arnold did really well as well. Or, or, um, but we, I, I remember playing those games, and in a lot of the matches, I didn't entirely board out the Hermit Druid. There were a lot of matches where I said to myself, I still kind of want to have access to the Hermit Druid in case I need it. So, you know, in a lot of the matches, I would maybe board out, you know, one or two of the Hermit Druids and maybe, you know, one or two of the reanimation spells, but I would keep the Hermit Druid in in a lot of the matches. And but was that the initial plan? Like, no. full transformational sideboard or? The initial plan was full transformational. Yeah. And, um, and I did do that in some matches, but uh, especially in game three. So if we went to a game three, I found myself board putting Hermits back in. And by the end of the tournament, I wasn't uh, boarding out the Hermit package entirely because having the flexibility in case they just yeah. don't have the graveyard interaction was just huge. Uh, and so my takeaway after, you know, building that deck where, you know, perhaps there is some utility to having access to both combos. And the other major takeaway that I had that I don't think a lot of people realized is that the Dreadnought Enablers are incredibly good defensive cards for your Hermit Druid strategy, mm -hmm. uh, just because you can stifle tr like Tormod's Crypts triggers or other triggers that can stop you. You can phase out pesky artifacts like Tangle Wires or Crypts or Furnaces. Uh, and so the, in, in, in a lot of ways, it just kind of made sense for them to be main deck um, because then it makes sideboarding much easier and it creates a much tighter list. And so after we played that that sort of surprise sideboard list way back in, gosh, when was that? 2020? 2020, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, so it's late 2020. Like yeah. December, I think, of 2020, something yeah. like that. I, I just kind of tinkered with lists for, uh, you mm. know, the next couple of, you know, years, year, year and a half, I guess. And Mike Arnold and Phil Nguyen and Ron Taylor and, and myself are doing kind of this and Andy Culpepper are doing this band series where we play with you know up to four copies of one band card in a list just to see mm -hmm. how how it does. And it's mostly for fun. You know, we're not yeah. playing enough games to really say something should be unbanned or, or not. Mm -hmm. But um, I got assigned Hermit Druid for one of the stock decks to test against. And I had tinkered it down to the list that I was very close to what I eventually registered for LobsterCon. And the more I played it, the more I was like, man, this deck is just so good. <laughs> what like, was your banned card then? Um, so there was no, there was no banned card in that list, but we okay, all have okay. four, like we all have four stock pre-moderns, ah, you know, okay. kind of like lists. So like ah. Sly, Landstill, okay, okay. you know, Elves, right? And one of my, mine, it's like, I remember like Draco Blast and, mm. um, yeah, Hermit Druid and, and some other ones, but the more I, I played this list, the more I was like, man, this deck is just so good. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. It, it's funny back in 2020, like that was the year when everyone tried Stifle Lot in everything. Like, yes. <laughs> the evolution of Primordial, like 2020 was such a, I want to say annoying year because you never knew <laughs> entering any tournament, like, will there be a fucking Stifle Lot now? Like, yeah, yeah, there were. <laughs> Yeah. So I have a bit of a question here. You we stepped into like basically the second iteration of your deck, right? With mm. the Phyrexian Dreadnoughts. But you started out playing like just the Angry Hermit without the uh, Dreadnoughts. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So in the original version of the list, I actually ran... Um, a reanimation package and so the original version had living wish and it also had uh, an acroma a gilded drake um a sylvan safekeeper main an orangutan and then it had um 
Grinning Demon. Yeah, Grinning Demons, right? Yeah. And so it, it, it ran on Mask. And so the idea was you wanted to have more black cards to exile mm -hmm. on Mask. And so instead of the Cloud Scraper or whatever, there were Spirit Mongers and Demons um, and Bears, sure. oh my. Um, but there's the Acroma, and so you could you could win with a traditional reanimation package if you needed to. It was more kind of a, of a silver bullet package in that you had those different creatures, and you had Living Wish to go and get a Gilded Drake if yeah. the opponent and, was and you only played three Hermits then, so <laughs> yeah. And there was I think there was, was there one in the, in the yeah. in the sideboard as well for the Living okay. Wish. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had played Living Wish. That makes more yeah. sense. So, yeah. And, and it was it was solid. I mean, it was a good list, and for the time, it was very good. But the the format has just gotten so fast, um, or just faster than it used to be. And so, mm -hmm. to lose a card to unmask, and to wait a turn to wish to get you know to living wish to get two mana to living wish, and then play a hermit druid, it was just slower. This list was just slower. I mean, you mm -hmm. you could still have those crazy draws where you could you know play a turn one hermit druid, but there's just a lot of card disadvantage in that list with you know mox yeah. diamonds yeah, and unmasks right mm -hmm. and so it was just really clunky and only 21 lands so it was kind of a clunky build on my part but it was power it was good enough right the deck was good enough to get there despite the clunkiness but one of the things that i had learned over time was that really hitting that third land is huge um so obviously i got rid of the mox diamonds and i started running lotus petals with the dreadnought list um but if you look at the dreadnought list I'm still only running 21 lands. And hmm. so I still had mana issues when I ran that list. And so my, my more recent version actually has 22 lands because it's, it's great to power out that, you know, turn one hermit druid with a Lotus petal, but then you untap. And unless you have the reanimate in your hand, hmm. you, and another land, you can't go off because you need one mana to activate the yeah. druid and then you need one mana for the reanimate. And so you can, you can get hamstrung. Um, yeah, and, and that's easy. basically five cards in one or two draws that you need yeah. then, because you need two lands, you need a Lotus Petal, you need a Hermit Druid, you need exactly. a Reanimate. And usually you want a Dress or a Mask because, yeah, you could, you don't want to lose instantly anyhow. So. Source to Plowshares is kind of prevalent in, in Premodern, right? Yeah, and that is that's the scariest card against yeah. the deck I, it's actually in my opinion it's scarier than uh, counter magic um it's and, and and graveyard hate also and graveyard hate yeah in, in the most recent list i would say swords of plowshares mm. is the toughest one yeah. um because sure. going into your like evolution then uh, when we're talking about the naughty <laughs> hermit deck or whatever uh you're actually playing steel resolve in the sideboard there That's, oh yeah in the second iteration I don't know if I've like seen it played before, but that's an enchantment for two when the creatures of a chosen type can't be targeted with spells abilities. Is that just because of the um, because of the swords of plowshares, or yeah, it was it was for swords and removal more generally. This <sighs> the second list that I have started to incorporate shallow grave, which I think is another innovation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, be, it's huge be, because against. You know, standard removal decks like black removal spells or red removal spells, Shallow Grave's great because you can reanimate the Hermit at the end of their turn and activate it with haste, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter if they have, remo you know, removal spells or not. And so it's really good. But uh, Source of Plowshares is very problematic because it exiles, right? And so I needed to have some kind of an answer 
um, to sort supply share specifically. And so in the second iteration of the deck where we ran the surprise package in the sideboard, we also ran Steely Resolve, um, which uh, was good. It was good, but it ultimately got cut from the more modern version because it's still just a hair too slow at two, at two mana. Yeah, Ole Roda is uh, pretty good here. Yeah. 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 A better choice then maybe. Uh, but talking about your first version of the with the dreadnoughts there, uh, you played Lindos Vault, uh, and mm -hmm. you took those out later on, I guess. Took those out too. Yeah. Um, it, again, like Lindos Vault is is this great you know search card, but it's again it's more that card disadvantage, um, and I I really wanted to limit that and. You know, certainly there were scenarios where you could limb duels vault and get a really nice hand um, mm. where you could have your, you know, duress into your combo piece into whatever. But the more turns you take to draw up to the, you know, the X number of cards that you put on top, the more turns you're giving your opponent to draw. And so I found myself in games where I would do that and then I would duress and maybe take a card and then I'd go to combo off and they'd drawn into the next source to plowshares <laughs> or, or counterspell or whatever. And it was just really frustrating because it just, it still seems so slow. And the, the, the main advantage to this deck is just how incredibly fast and consistently fast it is. Like greater mm. good is the fastest deck in the format because you can kill someone turn one, but mm. those hands are so extremely rare, right? Yeah, and the yeah. deck does not, if the deck is so swingy and it doesn't mulligan very well. I love the deck. It's really fun to play, but it's, it's, very unpredictable but what's what's really great about this deck is it mulligans really well and it's incredibly fast and so the you know my major lesson after playing it the second time around was we're, we're closer to getting there but i think there's a just a, a faster version that's going to be a little less clunky and so ultimately cutting limb duels vault was part of that mm. I, I think we should put in a disclaimer here about mulliganing really well like it all depends upon how courageous you are of a magic player <laughs> uh, I think like this is why you basically are the one who uh, who is winning with a list because people are not confident enough to mulligan down to four or three. Mm. Uh, but uh, I guess like that is kind of what you have to you have to believe in the deck and uh, know its capabilities. Yeah, and like talking generally about the deck, you have the uh, you have the discard package i guess also you're, you're still playing on mask in the first version uh, you developed uh but you have the dresses also right so and mm -hmm. and cabal therapy so that usually sets you up a bit and then you have the tutors uh, yes so you're you you went away from uh, you you're not you're not playing any living wish anymore no i cut the living wish for for the reason that we talked about so you know Best case scenario, you, you play turn one, land, pedal, right? And, or, or, or let's say a Mox Diamond in the previous list, right? And then you cast the Living Wish, then you untap, you have your two mana, then you run out the Hermit Druid, and you can't go off until turn three, but then even on turn three, like, if you don't draw another land, you may not have enough mana to activate, to cast Cross and Reclamation, and cast Reanimate. And so, again, it was just that two mana clunkiness of the Living Wish that in a way... We still kind of encounter with the limb duels vaults because um, it's still kind of a two mana clunkiness kind of a situation. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. but the limb duels vault, the card doesn't even go to your hand, right? It's it's on the top of your library. So I kind of traded one for the other, um, but ultimately cut the living wish because it only got a creature, and I felt limb duels vault was a little more flexible in that I could I could put you know a, a card that I might need, maybe a you know maybe a duress 
um, or, um, you know, a, a dreadnought because I have a stifle in my hand. So it was more flexible than Living Wish, but you still run into kind of the two mana clunkiness. Yeah, so you're like still packing the Worldly Tutor, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, fetching Hermit Druids, basically. Or Dreadnoughts. Uh, or Dreadnoughts, yeah, especially with the Wishing Charms and like the other package there, of course. Uh, but like not playing any of the, like oh, in the older version of Angry Hermit, you might have cards like Monk Realist and mm-hmm. Rango Tanks and stuff like that, but you. You don't really need them, or is, is well, it, you're, you're talking about the same thing over and over again, I guess. <laughs> you do, you do kind of need them, and and what we'll see in my most modern list is the orangutan comes back. Um, okay, because the the stifle knot cards can do a lot against artifacts, but they can't beat an ensnaring bridge, for example. Uh, yeah, um, unless you can phase it out, right? But yeah. again, uh, it can be really, really problematic, and so the 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 more the most recent version is kind of like a hybrid between um the 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 two i guess themes of the decks or the spirits of the two decks mm-hmm. it's still a, you know a lot different um and it, it still kind of represents an evolution but there is a concession to this idea that i may need to have some silver bullet answers um, but not maybe not necessarily as all creatures. And the orangutan survives, but I end up going with some other cards that fit the graveyard strategy a little bit better um, mm. and are just a little more streamlined. And we'll talk about those in, in a minute. But yeah, uh, in this version, I definitely found myself in some games where I needed to draw a naturalize, but I didn't have a really good way of getting the naturalize. Uh, yeah, you have so, the Lindell's Vault, but yeah, it's like a bit it's weird, just slow. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just so slow. Uh, I love talking deck evolution, like especially with one who has been there from the start and like (laughs) basically, yeah, you have mantled this like whole deck on your own shoulders, basically. But well, I I gotta give props to Mike Arnold. I gotta give props to Mike Arnold as well. We talk a lot about this. Absolutely, but but uh, still, like to see the evolution of streamlining, like get your focus on what what is it you want to do, and we start to see, yeah, the toolboxy tutor thing it's there but it's not the main thing anymore right and like you mentioned also going up on lands but i guess that's another point i mentioned you have discard outlets you have a quick combo you have some tutors to find it but you actually have a kind of sweet mono base if you don't need that many (laughs) you're not planning on sitting and doing nothing so you can actually play everything basically the first turns with your mana. And that's yes. a bit unusual in pre-modern, right? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely like even in the second version, we're playing lands that have the quote-unquote drawbacks, right? I mean, there's no basic lands here. There's no fetch lands. There's City of Brass, which a lot of people use for fixing, but it obviously has a disadvantage as the game goes long. Um, Gemstone Mine, again, um, great for a turn or two, but huge disadvantage as the game goes long. And mm. then all the pain lands as well. And so there's this idea that these games really shouldn't go long. And the more you think about how the, this deck functions, the more it becomes very clear that you really do want to win in the first three, maybe four turns max. Because if it goes yeah. any longer than that, you're just in trouble for a lot of reasons. And so the, the mana base is streamlined to be as efficient as possible for those first you know three-ish turns. And, and Seb, Seb, this is the deck where... Blood Moon actually might be a good uh, meta call. Uh, Sweet. <laughs> if, you, if you want to go that uh, 
deadline. Yeah. Run, like. run Blood Moon and see how that goes in pre-modern. Yeah, I love building Blood Moon decks. Yeah. I do too, actually. I loved Blood Moon in, in modern um, yeah. and in legacy. Yeah. Uh, but like you, the only thing you actually fiddled with is the land count and maybe adding reflecting pool later on, right? So uh, still lands. Yeah, yeah. If lands wise, yeah, I, I bumped it up and I got rid of the undiscovered paradise because it is dis it is a disadvantage when you're trying to get enough lands in play, and so ultimately it wasn't very good in the deck. Um, but I did add some reflecting pools as well. Mm. Um, before we go into like you mentioned, maybe we should talk about how you <laughs> the deck you actually played now. Um, I just want to get get to understand this now. So. You put in Shallow Grave, as you mentioned, and that actually lets you... The Hermit Druid, you can actually like put everything in the order you like when you activate it, or how does that yes. work with Shallow Grave? Yes, you can, you can do it in the order that you like. Now, the Shallow Grave's not there to get uh, a, a Sutured Ghoul. The Shallow Grave is there to... Uh, it can. I mean, you, you can abs absolutely have a situation where you activate your Hermit Druid and you put the, the Ghoul on top. And if you know that they're playing a deck where they can't interact with your Hermit Druid and you don't need to flashback Cabal Therapy before you go off, right? So if those condi mm. two conditions are met and you have a Shallow Grave in your hand, you can go for it with Shallow Grave. But Shallow yeah. Grave is ultimately there as a response to creature removal for the Hermit Druid because there's so many games you just lose or stall out on because they just kill your Hermit Druid and then mm. you just sit there and then they build their pressure and they kill you. And you can try to cast a Reanimator and Exhum and they just kill it again and it feels really bad. So yeah. the Shallow Grave was was put into this version and the most the most recent version as an acknowledgement um, to that disadvantage and an answer for that disadvantage. So sure, if you want to mock Fanatic or Gem Palm Incinerator or you know, shock or vendetta or whatever, my Hermitrid, fine, but I'm going to shallow grave it at the end of your turn and activate it immediately. Mm, um, yeah. And then do, I'll untap, I'll cross some reclamation like, and I'll re Do people yeah. like think about that? Do they expect that? Maybe they do it, now, they but probably <laughs> do now. <laughs> <laughs> but that must have been a good like addition a bit way back when you could actually do that. You, people may be thinking they're, as long as you don't have the Hermit Druid, you, you're, they're pr pretty safe. They're safe, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I upped it, right? In the most recent list, I added a third Shallow Grave for that reason. Sorry, mm. Anton, go ahead. Yeah, no, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, I tried out this deck like in January. We did a FNM thing online, like 10 people. <clears throat> and yeah, I didn't realize how, how bad Shallow Grave were for the actual combo. Like... I kept kept telling them like, yeah, okay, I can get Shallow Grave. And then you realize, like, as you said, reanimate is what you want to get with the cross-zone reclamation. Like yes. Shallow Grave is, but I only played three rounds and that's basically what I learned about those games because I lost a lot. And I lost to Shade of Vapor and I lost to um, Source of Plowshares and shit, even though I had a Cabal Therapy because I went for Shallow Grave and I realized I can't sacrifice my Hermit Druid, Hermit Druid. And, yep. and then play Shallow Grave because then... Cabal therapy would have fucked up the order of the um, the creatures goes above uh, oh. the top of your yard. So um, yeah, that you was need to good, keep uh, track of that. <laughs> yeah, you need to keep track of that. So reanimate is where where you want to go. Uh, yeah, have have uh, you done anything in that? Like sometimes people 
want to fiddle with your graveyard and look through it have you at any time said but please keep the order like, oh <laughs> <laughs> some, some, nobody, you, nobody changed the order uh okay, while okay. we were we were playing a lobster con yeah so, and that that's the only time it i guess it ever could have happened since we've been playing webcam games for three years but yeah. everyone yeah, was you're right, really you're right. cool about it yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so you brushed through there anton the cross and reclamation we haven't really talked about that but how does that work yeah, so, so, oh, yeah, so the way it works is the flashback, right? So Crows and Reclamation, for those of you uh, who don't want to pull up Gather or uh, pre-modern website, um, it's an instant. It's one green and one colorless, and it reads target player shuffles up to two target cards from his or her graveyard into his or her library. And then it has a flashback cost, which is exactly the same as its mana value. It's one green and one colorless to flash it back. So... You activate the Hermit Druid, you have no basic lands in your deck, right? So you dump your entire library into your graveyard in whatever order you want. And then you use Croson Reclamation to shuffle two reanimates um, from your graveyard into your library. Um, and I usually do both just in case something goes wrong. And you're uh, doing so you this in card. upkeep then? You or? Could, depends. It depends. Okay. Yes. Most of the time you just, you untap and you do it during your upkeep and then you have your three mana, right? And so you have one left over um, so you can play the reanimate that you just drew and win. Yep. Mm. Um, before you play the reanimate, though, as Anton was mentioning, you typically sacrifice your Hermit Druid to the one Cabal Therapy that's in the graveyard just to make sure the coast is clear. And then yeah. you cast your reanimate, and in comes the ghoul, and we already kind of talked about how that works. Yeah. So actually, the, the Cabal Therapy is also a bit noble with the Shallow Grave there regarding the main combo i guess exactly yeah yep uh yeah I, I, I think we talked about like how the deck works in general but i i still like are there some weird interactions that we have missed now or that we haven't discussed there 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 are in terms of the the, the just the, the stock list right and so anton mentioned the first one with the, the kind of the shallow grave being problematic if you want to flashback cabal therapy mm -hmm. um, another one is with cross and reclamation um, you've got to be careful about when you activate and when you cast Reclamation. So one of the reasons I lost to Manos Kukinis in the second chance event is um, I went for it and I activated Hermit Druid during my upkeep. And in response, he cast an Orem's Chant. Yeah, that was lovely. God, right? I love that. Mm. So then I can't draw a card and I just lose the game. Yeah. Um, so if you're playing against decks that run white, especially in sideboard matches, or, you know, so there's a chance for Abeyance or Orem's Chant, you have to be really careful about when you activate the Hermit Druid. Because mm -hmm. you may not get a chance to cast that reclamation when you think you're going to get to cast it. Hmm. Um, but other there's no like you. You still you're still able to. I, I'm thinking about all the like graveyard hate and stuff like that. Uh, you can work around that a bit, I guess. With the cross and reclamation, you can activate it. Uh, you can cast it in response. But in other in other sense of the combo, but, but they will they will uh, they will wait to pop their crypt until Before, you actually until you cast try to, yeah, when you cast a cross reclamation that they will pop it yeah uh, yeah and sideboard wise yeah, there's right. some ways that you can play around that um we can talk about those but um mm. but yeah you, you, with against yeah, we'll graveyard talk about hate, that later then yeah 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 you got to be careful but yeah i think we got most of the the interactions down in terms of the way that the deck kind of kind of fires mm. yeah it's pretty straightforward i mean it, it has for sure a lot of tricks but uh 
it's getting streamlined now. Mike Arnold and Mike Hoyt and Ryan Gudzinski and I like chat a lot about, you know, decks to run in the monthlies and ideas and um, Mike Arnold wasn't going to be able to go to LobsterCon, but Ryan and Hoyt and I were all going to go. And um, I had, I, I've mentioned this on, on the pre-modcast, but I never played in big tournaments growing up. I lived in the middle of nowhere. You know, there, there just wasn't a lot of magic where I was. And I never got to, to play in, you know, Grand Prix or things like that. And um, I would always hear these, you know, war stories uh, from like the pros or people who did play about traveling to tournaments and brewing and play testing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I finally get to do, I have that experience, right? <laughs> I don't even care if we do well, but I, I just want to like see what that feels like. And yeah. so I was trying to rally the troops, you know, and be like, all right, Hoyp, you know, Ryan, what should we play? And what about this idea and that idea? And they, they everyone's kind of seemed kind of lukewarm. You know, I would like put something in chat and they'd just be like crickets chirping and no one would really respond. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, well maybe not this, let's try this or this or this and i built like a reckless sly list that i thought was pretty good and i built like a histrodon beast rock deck that i thought yeah. was kind of cool and grindier than a traditional rock list and still nothing and then eventually mark arnold, mike arnold was just like why don't you guys just play lists that you enjoy playing and are fun for you mm, and, yeah. and and do that <laughs> it's, instead of trying to break the format or like the, the meta exactly. or whatever yeah but but exactly. i mean so, yeah coincidentally like you your deck is kind of meta dependent, I would say, with a little experience I have. So I think like you have to do some sort of meta breaking down it before you shoot yes. the deck. Even and yeah, so uh, yeah. What was your thought going into like lobster? Exactly, and so it really was this um, confluence of key factors, and so that was the first one, like play a deck that you love and, yeah. and you're comfortable with, and so I was like, okay, and then the second piece was kind of this testing that we done for the band series, and so I had been revisiting Hermit a, a lot, and then mm -hmm. the third piece was just this realization that I won't say nobody, but the field itself had become a little relaxed on Graveyard Hate. Yeah. So if you look at the top eights, if you look at the lists from the last six months or so, you see fewer and fewer Tormod's Crypts and Phyrexian Furnaces. And even in some of my own lists, I was running less Graveyard Hate mm. because the meta had kind of shifted away from that. And so I figured that not a lot of people would be well prepared for it. And in fact, you know, I got to the hotel room. I stayed with Mike Hoyp the first two nights I was there. And he asked what I was on, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do Hermit. And he's like, damn it, I just registered my, my rock list, and I took the Tormod's Crypts out of the yeah, sideboard. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think so. this is a bit like in Legacy. You played a bunch of Legacy, Anton. And yeah. like yeah. every now and again, you see a reanimator deck like busting through the whole <laughs> tournament. That's probably when people start taking out their graveyard. <laughs> yeah, I, I would even say vintage more, more like whenever yeah, people go down to like three graveyard then dredge mm. wins like they yeah, will, they will anyway. win yeah mm. so because legacy has more like force of wills and whatever mm. uh that can go about it but um yeah uh it's funny because like i feel it was basically a year ago post the easter championship tournament we had that like we, we had a lot of talk about torment script like people started to say that yeah it's not that relevant anymore and mm. i remember distinctly saying if we let it happen, they will come and they will fuck us up. And yeah, <laughs> the, it is happening yeah, right now. Like Wind Wins this, like Turtle back. Splash is you know, in the Spring Fling Finals, like, yeah. Yeah. We already talked about how what the deck actually does. And it's like going off into 
three turns. Yeah. And, and that's like, yeah, you, then then you would be pretty sad because you, you're not having any interaction at all right. or whatever. So, okay, yeah, that's a pretty good, good call then, I'd say, Flynn. Seem, seem to work out okay. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, and, and other things you like wanted to address in general or yeah i think the the other piece here too is i knew that there would be timed rounds and so i didn't expect as much prison and control strategies mm -hmm. uh, i think this deck is tuned to beat creature strategies and um sly and a lot of decks that i expected to kind of see um, but you know, a, a turn one sphere of resistance is pretty brutal for this deck. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and certainly with traditional blue, white like swords to plowshares is what you scare them. You fear the most counter magic is annoying, but you can play around it and you can kind of play through it. Yeah. Um, but there's fewer swords. And I knew that, um, it's like humility is a bit played in some weird control decks. Is it, or is it still played on? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Sure. It is. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, and, and I knew that there'd probably be combo decks too, other combo decks since they're fast and there's time round, but time rounds. But this is just faster than a lot of combo decks. So mm. I thought it would be well positioned given the time round format. And then I think the last piece is just a lot of people aren't familiar with it. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people at the tournament who'd never seen it before, didn't know yeah. kind of what I was up to, and I was able to get a lot of um, game wins and match wins for that reason. But mm. how was how was the the like? player uh, spreadness here was it like 30 percent all the player staples and like 70 percent uh, noobs or uh, how how did that like division look yeah i, I don't know what the uh, the sort of the overall breakdown was but yep. there were a lot of people who were playing old school the next day wanted yep. to play pre-modern but there were a fair number of people who play in the monthlies um or had seen content online and played at their local gaming stores and had traveled um there was a, a really cool contingency of folks from Philadelphia who came over, the old schoolers, but also pre-moderners. Um, and so there were actually a fair number of people there who had played pre-modern before and kind of knew the format. Yeah. But again, the last time this deck had made you know a, a, an appearance was a, a while ago, right? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and so it, it's still, even for those people who maybe picked up pre-modern in the last year, a lot of them hadn't seen this list before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And didn't, didn't know the shenanigans that I was up to. Uh, but it's so, insane to, to me, sorry, sir, but just no. one point before uh, we go on, um, about the meta breakdown calling, even in timed rounds. Like, I remember the polls that has been on, like, Facebook, uh, if there were a pre-modern GP anytime soon, like, what deck would you bring? And, like, the majority always states Landsteel or some sort of blue-white control. Like, that is the best deck people are comfortable playing. Uh, and it turned out, obviously, that there were zero <laughs> zero in the biggest pre-modern tournament ever uh which is super weird to me but um, yeah, yeah so, so I, I, yeah. I was just going to address that because we're dipping our toe, toe into the actual tournament and what you did there and we're, we're talking about the lobstercon to lobstercon yeah. uh, 2022 and it had 111 players then uh, and like the meta breakdown is a lot of burn i guess did you expect burn also or Oh yeah, yeah. I expected a lot of burn. Uh, we have goblins in the second place, uh, then the rock enchantress, but then it's like all over the board basically. But no, not one standstill deck. That's a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So where were we? You were talking about what you thought about doing before, like yes, why you wanted to play this deck maybe. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so with all of those factors kind of combined, I, I took another look at the list that I had put together for the band series. And the I think the only major modifications that I made were I had added the third shallow grave because it wasn't in the list at that point because I did expect a lot of burn and the rock and just a lot of straight up removal for Hermit Druid. So I, mm-hmm. I added the third um, shallow grave. I obviously had already put the combo main. And so, you know, that was kind of already in there in the version that I was running for the, um, the band series. And then I changed the mana base just slightly to add the reflecting pools. And I think at one point I was running three reflecting pools and three gemstone mine, but there were occasional scenarios where you draw two reflecting pools in your opening hand and it just feels really, really bad. But with two reflecting pools, it was happening extremely rarely that 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 would come up. And so I felt a little bit better about that, but reflecting pool had been been great in all of my testing, but I don't think you want more than two. And then... I altered the sideboard as well. And I went back and forth on the sideboard and I had, you know, a lot of silver bullets. And at one point I had a coffin purge in there, which is the one black remove a card in a graveyard with a flashback of one black. And, but I, you know, again, I really didn't think there would be a lot of graveyard strategies similar to mine. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> you can't just on you getting by, passing by the, and then actually thinking no one is actually playing it. No, and, <laughs> and I have Croson Reclamation anyway, right? So yeah. in a way, one Croson Reclamation main and then the extra in the board against spot removal graveyard mm. strategies is yeah, enough. Right. And I can always, if I play Reanimator, I can just bring that other Croson Reclamation and shuffle mm. their creatures right back into their into, into their library uh, or, or their key cards. So the list itself um, is is built to, to kind of lean into one direction. You you, it, you have to be careful not to board a lot of cards, but every card here in the sideboard is is for a very specific reason. So flaring pain is obviously good against solitary confinement. Yeah, I love right? that tech. Like it's genius. It's so cool. Mm. But so is Ray of Revelation, right? Yeah, However. Yeah. A lot of people are running Sterling Groves now, and so yeah. if they have a Sterling Grove and a uh, confinement, then uh, Ray of Revelation is not enough anymore, and so then Flaring Pain's better. If I'm going up against old Andrew Walker and he's got five thousand moments piece, in, yeah. you know, in his uh, in his, his library, or whatever, you know, then Flaring Pain is is much better as well, right? And so there there are just these fringe scenarios where you want to have one Flaring Pain so you can flash it back and beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a really good addition, actually. Yeah. Oh, th- yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the Cross Reclamation is, is, is an acknowledgement to, to graveyard hate, and so it's an acknowledgement to Phyrexian Furnace specifically or targeted graveyard mm-hmm. removal. Um, and so if, if they try to crack their Furnace to get rid of my Cross Reclamation, right, um, or if um, they crack their Furnace to get rid of my Ghoul, which would be the better play, yeah. then, then what I'll do is I'll bring in one Reclamation and I'll bring in that second Sutured Ghoul. So I'll, ha- I'll still have nice. a target. Yeah, you right? answered my question there. Awesome. Exactly. So yeah. I used to run two in the main list, but it was just really—it's just really bad. Yeah. If you end up drawing it before you combo off, you can just cabal therapy yourself to discard your ghoul. Yeah. So yeah. it's not mm. that big of a deal. But against targeted graveyard removal, you want to have that second ghoul. And so the second reclamation and the second ghoul come in against yeah. targeted graveyard uh, hate. The Ray of Revelations come in against your worships, your solitary confinements, your seal of cleansings. I actually made a play mistake, which we'll talk about, where I didn't flash it back and I should have. Um, But um, Ray of Revelation is just fantastic um, once you're comboing off if there are any pesky enchantments that are on the the battlefield that you need to get rid of. 
the orangutan is my my concession to ensnaring bridge or uh, any other sort of troublesome artifacts that I don't feel like I can handle otherwise. Um, he did come in in some of the matchups, and I can worldly tutor for him. So in a sense, I have five in the deck, um, which is really nice. Uh, yeah, we. We need oh. ancient grudge in, in pre-modern. I know. I, I wish we had it. <laughs> yeah. Every time I build, every time I look yeah. at this list, I'm like, man, I wish we had ancient yeah. grudge. Yeah. Like, oh, it's Biggest so good. mistake of pre-modern, like that card would change everything. I love that card <laughs> yeah. so yeah. much. Oh, I love yeah. that card. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's an excellent point. Um, Exhum is there um, against strategies where my life is really going to matter. And so against... Um, other reanimator decks that can take really big chunks out of my um, my life total really quickly, like a turn one Akroma, if they get two attacks in, it right. can be really scary for me to cast a reanimate for a sutured ghoul. Um, and likewise, there with Sly, uh, they can do a lot of damage. So um, the reanimates, um, two of the reanimates will come out um, for two exhumed typically. And okay. then um, you'll rely on Shallow Grave, but if you go for the combo, a lot of the times I'll shuffle the two exhumes into my library, so I don't get anywhere near Fire Blast range. Mm. Um, so you just have to be really careful because Sly, right? They can deal a ton of damage out of nowhere, really, really easily. Um, and so they're they're a concession to precarious life total situations with Reanimate. Mm. Can, can we just focus on the amount of Reanimation spells in your list? Because the deck I tried in. Uh, January, I looked at the recent uh, like Hermit Druids for the last eight months, and there were some like MTGO lists to get inspired by, and there were like I think two reanimates and two shallow graves, so like very very few uh, reanimate spells, and I felt that sucked when when I played because you often want like <laughs> one reanimate in your hand naturally, like don't have to cross a reclamation and spend two mana in that turn, and you might actually have to time walk yourself. So I, I really just want to state that like I love the fact the amount of reanimation spells you have like that that tells me that you have played this deck a lot. You know what yeah. you do with it. Yeah, yeah. you are hundred percent right, uh, Anton. Um you really like you really want to reanimate in your hand. If you ever reanimate in your hand, you can do really broken things, yeah. right? You can turn one if if you have it, this is the dream, right? You play a land, you play a pedal, you play your hermit druid. Turn two, you draw your card. You play your second land, you activate your Hermit Druid, you flashback Cabal Therapy, and you cast Reanimate and you yeah, kill him. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So it's having a reanimate in your hand is really, really, really important. And that's why I still do keep two in the mm. list. Um, yeah. a lot of the times against Sly. Um I, I won't quite board out that last one, but or that third one. Yeah. But um I think I have seven in this list. Four reanimate and three shallow grave. Yeah. And yeah. That's kind of based on a lot of gold fishing, <laughs> you know, oh, and, and yeah, yeah. consistency is what I found to be the most consistent, at least in my own kind of. Yeah, but I mean, you you even have one elvish spirit guide now, so like yeah. the you you are fast. Like it is a fast deck. The, the probability of landing a turn one hermit is like it's not insignificant. Yeah, or a turn one dreadnought, right? <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, even even on the fucking even on the draw, you could go turn zero. Exile, uh, Elder Spirit Guide, play Wordle Tutor, and find your Dreadnought or your Hermit uh, Druid like to draw naturally. I, I love it. I love it. It's nice. Yes. And I, I toyed around with more Elder Spirit Guides, but this list is really, really tight if you want to have kind of the consistency. And I just mm -hmm. couldn't find room for another Elvish Spirit Guide. Couldn't do it. I couldn't find room yep. for that or another Cabal Therapy. Yeah, you yeah. need your Lotus Petals over the Spirit Guides, I guess. Even though it's not that like 
you, you only need one black and one green basically for uh, everything you're doing in the deck, right? Except for the yeah, yeah, you have for the, for the and, yeah, and you also have stifles and vision charms now, mm-hmm. also, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, but I guess one Elvish Spirit Guide. It's it's kind of neat. Another thing that you mentioned there, Anton, is that you can... Like, people probably not seeing that <laughs> end of turn. <laughs> World yeah. the Tudor. Yeah. Like, free mana from somewhere. Yeah, and but I mean, if you have Land Lotus Petal, you have Stifler Vision Charm, and you have Elvish Spirit Guide World Tudor, like, that's a great fucking hand. Mm. Uh, you, yeah. you could go get your Dreadnought on their turn, uh, your turn zero, and like just set up a 12-12 Trampler yeah. on turn one, when like, yeah. Looks yeah, like a shit hand, but I don't know, yeah. So in the sideboard, you were talking about your uh, additional suited uh, ghoul and the Exhumes, uh, and you have another Shallow Grave there also? Yep, Shallow Grave is there for Sly. Um, you bring in the, the fourth Shallow Grave. Um, and if you want to lean extra hard into the stifle nut strategy you bring in the vision charm so goblins for example is yeah. a matchup where the dreadnought is very good it's also very good against sly as well and so bringing in um the vision charm can be really really good for that yeah. uh and then the safekeeper uh um, have you ever used the like all, all basic all lands of one type of <laughs> have you done that against i haven't for uh Goblin deck in time. I okay. haven't, but that would be a play against a really good play against a control deck. Yeah. Right. Okay, you know, yeah. like against blue white, you know, and you turn their islands into forests or something. Yeah. So they or can't cancel, so they have to counter your vision charm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's it, it could come up. It didn't come up in, in the tournament itself, but um it absolutely can. Uh, mm-hmm. but the safekeeper was the MVP of the tournament. Um mm-hmm. I won a lot of matches because of Sylvan Safekeeper. You can search for it with, you know, Worldly Tutor. And so, again, we're in this situation where, you know, Steely Resolve, you, I couldn't really search for in the deck. But you can search for a Sylvan Safekeeper. Three is the perfect number because you basically have seven chances for it with the tutors in the deck. Mm-hmm. And a turn one Safekeeper is just backbreaking against the Swords to Plowshares decks. It's absolutely backbreaking. Um, yeah, they, they need to get rid of the Sylvan Safekeeper before they can do anything else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, you playing 22 lands now means you actually have a better chance to... You could actually save your own safekeeper for for a turn or two uh, in case you have to go that line. So, yeah. It's it's coming together, this list, Brent. Yeah, yeah. And you have the last card is another uh, Cabal Therapy, then. Yes, and that that the Cabal Therapy is there for the control decks, the blue-white, like, just straight-up blue-white land still control... Um, I wanted to have another discard outlet. Um, I think I may have brought it in in one of my matches, but it didn't really end up mattering. Um, and I didn't face any blue-white control, so it kind of just hung out in my sideboard for, for the tournament. Mm. Yeah. I think, it, like you mentioned now, Anto, it looks like it really has come together. Uh, I haven't played this deck, but I can't really see anything that you can do differently at all. I just looking at the lands is like looks so perfect. Like two reflecting pools, yeah. four zero yeah. brass, four gaps of mind, four lano ways, four underground river, four Yamaha costs, and then like go. <laughs> yeah, it's nice and concise. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but it's, it's very like I think we we could laugh at this list in probably three years because the meta will look different. But like for the current mm. meta, this deck is yeah, it's super tuned. Mm. Yeah, so. and. Um, 
like I guess we we're going into the actual tournament. I'm trying to claim things I haven't earned honest, man. Slick breaking out guesses on this jam. Slick kick diamond on a two-two grand. Trying to help raise our youth to man. Skip the road to rig his space to slam. Help clean up this land. The reputation of this man. With whole and with stand. Outcast and slick, the answer is in it. Hun, you need to get your ass on the dance for this minute. We bruised up, knock you out, shoe socks. Show your ass, move your fuck out, one mad smooth snugs. Lottie Dottie. Mm, we like to party, don't make me get money and platinumize my body. We're bright stuff, known to earn a love blind folks to like so. Yeah, you me mentioned a bit, Flint, that you thought about what to bring and you decided on this deck and. Tell us about your experience, uh, like coming to Lobstercon and everything. Uh, sure, yeah. So that I'll, I'll I'll talk more about kind of the games. Certainly, there's lots of posts online to induce lots of FOMO for everyone yeah, who wasn't yeah, able FOMO, to, to go. Real. Yeah, um, <laughs> see you there next year, Anton. So yeah. um, it was it was a magical experience we'll say yeah. the gathering was magical who knew um but in terms of the tournament itself so once we we got started i sat down and for round one i faced a devourer deck um and devourer is actually a really good matchup for a hermit druid mm -hmm. uh because if they try to mill you out they just do hermit druids work for you yeah um <laughs> so they have to fling and oh, okay and the devourer lists, you know, they can be fast, but you are just as fast, if not faster and yeah. more consistent. And so game one, uh, pretty easy. Um, well, I, I was playing against Peter Smith's actually, uh, okay. James yeah, Smith's cool. brother. Yep. And as I'm sure he loves to be referred as, um, but <laughs> we, we, we were joking, he and I were joking around a little bit about that. Um, but Peter and I were playing and um, I beat him 2-0. Uh, I think the, the, the notable um, part of, the, of those games was he had uh, a tangle wire in play to slow me down and then he played a second tangle wire. And um, on my turn, I, um, I had a, a dreadnought in play and I had attacked in once already. And he had enough counters on his two tangle wires to where I was going to have to tap all of my lands and my dreadnought. So he was going to get another turn to potentially go off. And so I used stifle to stifle the tangle nice. wire with more counters nice. on it, tap my other lands and swung in and beat him. <laughs> so was Love able it. to kind of get a, a quick win that way. Yeah, stifle is a cool card in that. It's way. a really cool card. It's very yeah. versatile in, in the format. Yeah. Like... You can, you can, at some point, you can always snatch a fetch or something like that also. Yes, like do the old land nowhere. destruction. Yeah. <laughs> um, game two, uh, I, I don't remember who I played against. A really nice guy, but also on a devourer list. So I back-to-back -back devourer matchups. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, he had never seen the Hermitrude combo before. And nice. in game um, one, I believe I killed him with um, Dreadnought. Uh, and then in game two, um, he had a really fast start uh, and um, was, was really close to going off. And I had gone the Dreadnought line again and um, was going was gonna to beat him the next turn. And so he had to draw a Tinker. And he drew it. He drew the Tinker and he tinkered away his, he, he popped a Mind Stone to draw the Tinker. And then he tinkered away and he had, had an altar in play. And so he tinkers away his Tangle Wire and he gets the Devourer and he's got one unknown card in his hand and he has the mana to cast a Fling. Okay. And so like, I'm just sitting there like staring at, 
you know, his devourer and staring at his hand. And he starts, he's like, do you know how this combo works? And I, I nod and say, yes, yes, I do. Go ahead. <laughs> and so he starts to exile his cards uh, from the top of his library and he's going through it. And he's like, oh, you just want to see my deck, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know. And he he exiles enough cards, and it's that moment of truth where it's like, is he going to fling this at me if he has it, or is he going to sack it to this altar and play? And he's like, all right, I'll sacrifice it to the altar, and I let out this huge, like, sigh of ah, relief. Nice, nice. And I turn my whole deck over, and then he, like, looks at me, like, expecting me to, to pick my cards up. Yeah. And I, I say, are you done? <laughs> and, and he passes the turn, and I upkeep. <laughs> Use cross and reclamation wow. and shuffle two reanimates into my library, and I just I and was, then it's uh, your turn. Do you know how yeah. this combo works? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you say that? Like, thank you. No, I I I was nice about it. I, I yeah. cast cross reclamation. He's like, whoa, wow, I'd never seen that before. And then I I just attacked with the dreadnought and, and won because right? yeah. I already had him. Mm. I had him dead with the dreadnought. Um, yeah, welcome. but. We have yeah, home, four home devourer decks in the whole uh, like tournament, uh, and one of them made. Uh, fourth place, uh, yep. Don Mayo. So yep. it did good, anyhow. You met two of them, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and one against those. But yeah, yes, yeah, I did play against two, and and I was. It's a great matchup. It's one that I I would welcome um, any day um, mm -hmm. because it, they 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 have to beat you with fling. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you sure. you're not playing that many flings usually, maybe either. Oh, you're playing four basically, right? In the in the blue red versions, I think they play four. There's an oath devourer list that runs green for oath of druids, and I think they actually run maybe three flings or or two. They there are different lists that, where they yeah. have to shave on other cards, hmm. and the, the oath version is is probably faster, but it's less consistent and it's less resilient. So the blue red hmm. is is a more resilient version, um, but the the green one can be very very brutal if they play a creature. But if not, it can be a little clunky. Yeah, the Don Mayo list that made the fourth place is a blue-red yep. version. Uh, yep. And he played fourth fling. But yeah, good matchup for you anyhow. Good matchup, yes. Hmm? Should, um, we should we educate people also that their altar makes you able to... You can align the order of your own graveyard anyway, uh, exactly as you would with Hermitruid as well. Yep, yes you can. So, yeah. So I mean, you could always just stifle it too if you wanted, but you know oh, yeah. you don't need to because they're doing the the good uh, druids work for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they're they're putting something up for the slaughter, but it's in your benefit. Okay, so game or match three. Match three was a feature match. Actually, I played Brian Kowal. Uh, BK out of Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, the boat brew, the Ponza player himself. Um, he. Um, He's a very good player and I had never met him before, but he's obviously, you know, he's friends with my coip. And so I had chatted with him, you know, during the day and uh, he, at some point this match will be streamed or the recording will be shown. So you'll get to see it. Um, so I, I don't want to spoil it too much, mm. um, but there, he was on a, uh, the solution deck or angel McAngel face or whatever we're calling it. I think he yep. called it solution fire because he, he cut um, the counter spells. Yep. And he's running three future sight in the list and some silver knights. And I really liked the list. And it was a very, very scary yep. matchup because yep. he has so much interaction. He has swords and he has seal of cleansing. Yep. And the, the games were very close. Very, very and close. And he's playing yeah. meddling mages yeah. also, right? So yep. the, the, those can be problematic. Fire ice, you know, real easy to tap a ghoul or tap a dreadnought uh -huh. with mm, ice. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I just thought about the fire side of it, but you're right. Yeah. Basically. Always think of ice. But but what, what's the correct name to name with Metal Image if you learn the turn two and you have open deck list? Is it like Cross and Reclamation or which card would? It's 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 hard because one of the you know advantages obviously with this list is I can yeah. go either direction, right? Yeah. But they have yeah. so many outs against a dreadnought, like a natural dreadnought. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could just name Hermit Druid, um, yeah. and then you know tap tap down our swords, the, the dreadnought. Um, yeah. Yeah. you can also just kind of wait and see what I do. Um, but I, I think it's probably, it's probably Hermit Druid would be the correct name, uh, okay. or dreadnought Hermit Druid yeah. or dreadnought. I would just, just try to stop one half of the combo, just shut it down and yeah. then sculpt your hand to, to deal with the other half. Yeah. Um, honestly, I was kind of over the, I was kind of over the devourer combo. But now looking at the Star Sprangled Slaughter decklist, I'm I'm kind of into playing this now. Also. Yeah, but that that decklist. <laughs> yeah, I think like that, that's the yeah that's the decklist that probably like has gotten most attention. I think post LobsterCon, mm -hmm. uh, because like solution is yeah people like it, but it's a bit clunky. So but this one is so straightforward. So uh, yeah, it's a very cool build by Brian. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 a really good list. I mean, obviously, I, I went a monthly playing the solution, playing yeah. the you know the predict list or whatever, and all those games were super close and tight. And the only yeah. reason I beat Elves is because he had to mulligan in so many of his games, and I just had enough you know game one answer or uh, I have enough answers in my main deck, and the, yeah. the, the the games were still really close, right? I mean, Elves should have beaten me. But yeah, but solution is it's a hard matchup for Elves, regardless. Of like sure, good, sure. But, but I kind of uh, like yeah, the this... Miser. I just want to mention the Miser Worship also the cyborg mm. on Kowals. Uh, like Worship oh, yeah. is a underplayed card, I'd say. It's very very strong if it works out for you. If you're playing yeah. 19 creatures, I think it's solid. Yeah. And that that could also be a big problem for you, I guess. So you oh, you need absolutely. a lot of answers uh, to some weird stuff, and you're also afraid of all the like swords and like some weird things he's got going there with the ice and even lightning bolts, I guess, for your... Just to slow me down. So, yeah, yeah, so you, you you need to take a lot of things into consideration during sideboarding and during the whole games, I guess. Yeah, it's exactly the kind of deck that you don't want to see as a combo deck, right? You never want to see that, that mid-range deck that has all the disruption and the pressure because those yeah. are the scariest mm -hmm. for combo yeah. decks and that's exactly what he was on. And honestly, I, you know, I got lucky with some of my draws and the way that the games played out. Um, and I, I got the win and I was, mm -hmm. I think I was his only loss until he, you know, he got into the top eight and lost in the top eight. Um, mm -hmm. But very good deck, very good player. Uh, you'll get to see that match uh, when that recording gets released. Uh, but there are some crazy moments in, in that, uh, in that match where, you know, it's like you have to draw this card in order to win or to stay alive, and I, I, I don't want to spoil anything too much um, yeah, yeah, nice. for when the video comes out. But but I'll I'll be curious to hear what you guys think. Yeah, and and you you'll be sure to post it on your Twitter or whatever, and the, people will probably find it in the like Facebook yeah, yeah, yeah. groups and yeah. I guess yeah. yeah. But I, spoiler alert: I did win two zero, so I, I was able to okay. take it down, even though the matches were incredibly close. Mm. So you're six zero in games right now. Yeah, six own yeah. games and getting getting confident. 
<laughs> getting nervous. Uh, getting I talked nervous. about this with Mano. I talked about this with Mano, but man, this is, I think this was the point where I was like, oh, wow, like there, there's something to this deck and I could, I could do well today. And so I, I, I was nervous for a match against BK, but I started to just overall start to, to feel kind of this tension or yep. this apprehension or the, I, was, I don't know a good word to describe it. The nerves started to kick in mm -hmm. um, because but I was thinking there could be a chance that I could make top eight with this list if things mm -hmm. keep going the way they're going. But it's super weird because like you, you must be the player who has one most monthlies, right? Like I feel like I you have so. won five or something. Uh, I don't think it's five. Um, it's, it's a handful, uh, ah, yeah. but, uh, but I won like the spring fling and you know, yeah, exactly. Uh, some yeah. Other so, tournaments, but. but even so, like, it's so weird that you haven't actually played a IRL, uh, <laughs> big paper tournament uh, so far, but yeah, cause the, the nerves are of course much more IRL. Yeah. They're more it's, real yeah. in the real tournaments because you're, you're playing all your matches in, in one swoop also. Yeah. It's so intense. Yeah. So intense. Yeah. And everybody's and, watching, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and and like one little thing you could have missed in a game before or did yeah. miss that could like haunt you in the following games more than like having some time to sit and things think things through, like turn a page to, to play a game the next day or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, when we play these webcam games, I'm sitting here, I've got my dogs here, I've got my yeah. coffee or my beer, and I'm hanging out in sweatpants, and, you know, it's just like <laughs> really chill and really relaxed and, you know, just kind of chatting and having, you know, having a good time. But it yeah. was a lot different uh, at, at the tournament, a lot different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Going into game uh, match four, then. Yes. So match four, I finally we, got to play. We had how many Swiss matches did you have? Seven. Seven. Okay. Seven. Yeah. And in match four, I finally got to play against Sly. Uh, nice. I, I put, played against a really nice guy. His name's Lex. Uh, I believe he's from um, Pennsylvania. So um, shout out to him. Uh, he played really well. Uh, but the match, it, it pretty much went as expected. So in game one, I ran out of a fast dreadnought. Um, and then in game two, if I remember correctly, I may have uh, pulled the shallow grave trick. So okay. I kept a hand that I, where I had a shallow grave and a hermit. Um, I think I'm to like six to, to get it. And okay. then turn two, ran out the hermit. He didn't know what I was up to, but he saw the card and he's like, this looks like it could do something really bad. So I'm just going to kill this right now. Yeah. So, you know, use this seal or his bolt or whatever on it. So then I go, I untap, I just play a land and pass it right back. He goes, and I don't even—I don't think he had even had a ball uh, lightning for his turn three. Um, yep. I, I could be misremembering, but he passes it back, and so um, and during his end step, again, I cast Shallow Grave. I bring the Hermit into play. I use my third mana to activate it, um, and I get everything in my graveyard. I untap. I have the mana, right? I use two to cross and Reclamation during my upkeep, get my reanimates, cast my reanimate. Uh, excuse me, before I cast my reanimate, um, the Hermit's still in play because the end... Yep. Uh, step triggers already, you know, went on the stack. So he's technically going to die at the beginning of this, this turns end step. So I flashback cabal therapy and I think I named price of progress just to make sure he wasn't going to blow me out. Uh, he didn't have it. Coast is clear. Cast the reanimate attacked in and, and took down the, the slime matchup. Nope. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a neat trick with shallow grave, uh, as well. Right. With, uh, the next of beginning of the next, um, end step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you're re reanimating it in your opponent's end step, and it's says next end step, and yeah. that's your end step and your turn. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So still get that sweet cabal therapy flashback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Theoretically, you can 
like activate druid twice also <laughs> i don't know if that, that's not usually necessary but if you want if you want to play angry uh hermit with actual anger and a mountain yeah mm-hmm. that might be mm-hmm. good okay so you go. yeah you won against the burn and that's a pretty decent matchup for you right because well, you, you have the Shallow Grave, that's the answer we mentioned for your mm-hmm. Hermit Druids, and like you won game one with the, you can, sometimes you just stifle out a big Dreadnought. Uh, yeah. So you have stuff that you can do a bit early. That goes for Goblins also, you mentioned, right? Yeah, yeah, and I'll end up playing Goblins situation. later. Yep. Okay, you meant Goblins, okay. Uh, so you, and you won 2-0? and Two and zero, yeah. Okay, so you're you're so eight, and, eight zero. and zero. That's pretty nice. How uh, many tournament scripts have you faced so far uh, in these four matches? Post-war? Zero. Zero. Okay. <laughs> yep. Zero. I, I do think that he, the um, one of the I want to say that one of the lists that I had played did bring in tournament script. It might have been one of the Devourer decks. Um, okay. I think maybe Peter Smith's did. I could be wrong about that though. Um, I, I know some, some matches in some matches later, some people definitely bring it in. We'll talk about that, but I didn't, I hadn't seen any on the battlefield at this point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So going into the fifth match, uh, yes. and you probably need X and one and with, but with your streak, you probably getting in also with X and two, maybe uh, or a yeah, draw I, even, I, I guess, or I think it came X down to two? where. It would have been really, really close, or I may not have gotten in with an X and two. But mm-hmm. um, in round five, I had to. I played against Mike Flores, um, mm-hmm. and he he wrote about this match already. Yeah. Maybe yeah. You've, you've you've read about it. Um, Fantastic but, report. Love that he writes about promoter. It's at Cool Stuff Inc. I think it's posted yeah. his yeah. there, yeah. and he actually read it in. So I recommend people listening to him uh, reading his article. It's very nice. Yep. And Absolutely. he said some very nice things about you, Flint. He he did. He um, really did. And it, it was it was that was very generous and kind of him. Um, it you know he he obviously doesn't need to do that. Um, <laughs> you know he's he we all know who Mike Flores is. You know I mean just personally I followed him for years. All his commentary. I, I used to follow his blog and read all of his articles. I, when I when I saw him, this is a little embarrassing, but when I saw him at the tournament, I ran into him in the morning and I just said, hey, you're Mike Flores, right? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, ah, you don't know me. It's not a big deal. But I just wanted to say, like, uh, I really appreciate all your content and that you've done over the years and everything you've done for the game. And you even, like, created this really bonkers mono blue modern list, like, way back in, like, 2010 or 2011 that you thought would be really good in the meta. And I played it in, like, this small tournament and just, like, destroyed all the storm decks just like you said and i just think that you have a good you know grasp on the game obviously and i just really appreciate everything so i totally like fanboyed out you know oh, and nice. then afterwards i was like oh gosh he probably gets that all the time what are you doing yeah, you no, know? that's nice i think <laughs> more people should do that yeah, because yeah. like everyone thinks that you people get annoyed by it but no i don't <laughs> i never heard anyone being annoyed by it. that's probably a bad person being angry with someone coming up to them yeah and saying, i mean flatter always works it should yeah please <laughs> Maybe I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, I was I was 
really nervous to play against him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> and like Flores, he, he's a grinder. He he's been like I think he's been he hasn't played uh, like pre-modern that long. But when he got into the format, yeah. I think he's been like if he has time to play, he try he plays. He, he can play like ten. Like, do you want to try try your deck out, whatever? And he can play twenty matches, whatever. He can yeah. just like grind through. And he brought the coolest, weirdest deck. I thought that this would be the deck that most people talked about, Anton, after the. Yeah, but this is an established deck ah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but it's pretty cool, anyhow. Like with the, uh, well, it's a replenished deck, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. We, but yeah. The old squee plenish slightly yep. slightly tuned mm. based on some play testing that he had done and mm. i had seen him play the earlier matches so i knew what he was on you know that again that's a, i guess another advantage of being done with your rounds so fast as you yeah. can kind of walk around and see what yep. people are playing and even before we started i told him what i was on i was like i know you're on replenish like it's mm. probably only fair that you know that i'm on like Hermitrid. so like, it was how a level long playing have people field. been playing parallax tide in replenish is that also like it's established now but I think it was in some of the original lists, like maybe like okay. just as a one of or a two of, or you know, in the sideboard. It wasn't mm. played as much, but it's definitely been in some of the previous lists. But yeah. this emphasis on the one-sided Armageddon, ha it, I think, is is more of a a recent take, just given kind of the blue-white tide decks that have shown up. That mm. I think, you know, it, now just having it with the you know the Sil cleansing and in, in his deck is is probably seems like more of an innovation but it's mm -hmm. it's definitely been around for a while yeah but i i mean even the seal tide thing that was i know mondos played it like two years ago so like it, yeah it's it's not innovating but it's more common and it's like yeah it, it's a good uh good interaction for sure it's yeah, just really good <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um but, but going into it, I, I was nervous, and in the first game, you know, you can read about it, but I molded a four, and I was able to pull it out. In the second game, I ended up, I think, either mulliganing, I think I mulliganed a hand where I could have played a turn one Dreadnought, um, but I didn't, I thought he'd have the swords, and I didn't have anything else to back it up, and so, um, or no, maybe, no, maybe I kept my seven in the second second game and i and i had it but didn't go for it is what it was mm -hmm. and then in the third game i mold and mold and mold and still couldn't get anything like very very quick um and eventually he beat me out um i think you know some of the more interesting pieces from this matchup were that he didn't quite write about as much as he really used advanced to its maximum potential i got he advanced me at least twice in a row if not three times yeah um, when i had a dreadnought in play so i couldn't attack against him or i couldn't play spells and then i couldn't attack and he just was able to buy the time that he needed and advance was so good for him because it draws the card whereas orm's chant yeah. doesn't so i do think it's the correct um card for but, that but uh, but you could attack through an uh, abeyance that's not yeah. an issue or, so. yeah no he was he it was yeah you're right it's or it's just yeah. arms chant yeah, yeah you yeah. can't activate abilities with advance is the other piece yeah. which is why exactly. it's good against tormod's crypts but yeah. um yeah he, he basically made it so he he just stopped me from playing spells like two or three turns in a row and it, he doesn't need too much in the graveyard to really go off and yeah. he was able to pull it out uh two one and so i i got my first loss of the yeah. uh of the day yeah, but Abeyance also, I just want to mention that it's very good against the reanimation part of your, uh, like, deck, I guess. Like yes. Upkeep. You can't really... He, he, 
activating the druid, he can in response just basically yeah. play it. Yeah. And then you're... Yeah, you. it's hard for you to <laughs> do it. Yeah. Like, well, maybe you can get another turn, I guess, uh, to try to go off, uh, since you can... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah. problematic, at least. I, I wasn't going to activate a Hermit Druid during my upkeep. I learned that lesson against Manos Kukinis, so uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> he wasn't going to get me there with a bands, but just using it just to, to make it so I couldn't do anything in a turn was really, really important. I mean, he really mm. did time walk me, you know, two or three turns in a row, so... Mm. And, and the replenish deck, right? That's a fast deck. It's not as fast as Hermitrip, but it's fast. And he doesn't, you know, he's got intuitions. He's got his frantic searches, yep. and he can get those cards in the graveyard and get that replenish pretty quickly um, mm. and win win very quickly. So it di it didn't take long for him to close that game out after he fought, after he time walked me as many times yeah. as he did. And and he has the swords to plowshares also. But yeah, in the sideboard, you don't know. It's not open deck lists. Uh, but you saw him playing, and yeah, you you can probably figure out you've been meeting some yep. sorts of plushers. Uh, but but Flint, because this is interesting now, going back to your deck list uh, and your sideboard, because now we're now we're into plows and abeyance and like all the shit cards you do not want to see. Defense grid is that a card that you have tried in the sideboard, or is it just too bad? I did. I think it's in the first two versions of the deck. Um, yeah. It was in the original. I took it out of the second version, but it was in the original. I had it yep. in the original version of the deck. Okay. Yep. Hmm. What I found is that it just wasn't very good because people would say, okay, and then they would just destroy it because a lot of the blue-white decks just run so much artifact and enchantment hate <laughs> that they always had a disenchant or dismantling yeah. blow or a seal of cleansing and, and you're actually giving them targets for them also that's pretty bad yeah or, may or maybe yeah they can take the uh i guess it could be problematic for you since they can take the dragon breath i guess but yeah yeah it's one turn yeah. The other piece there too is it's two mana to cast and I can't search for it, right? So yeah. going back into the synergies of the deck, I ultimately decided that if I if I was worried about the swords, I needed to come at it from a different angle. And if I was worried about Tormod's crypt activations or Phyrexian Furnace activations or whatever, I just I needed to to, to get at those from from a, a different and more consistent angle. And that's yeah. where Sylvan Safekeeper comes into play. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and of course you have the dreadnoughts also as a target, so it's not that bad having uh, like artifacts and enchantments in your deck, I guess. You still yeah. have targets anyhow. Still have targets, yep. Yeah. Uh, so you are, you, this, is, this was the fifth match and you're yep. eight and uh, two. And you won, uh, you lost two games, like both of the games. Yeah, it was 2-1, it was 2-1 against two Forrest. One. I beat okay. him in game one and then he beat me in games two and three. Okay. Yep. Uh, and then you actually need to win the because you have two matches left. Two matches left, yeah. yeah so. You might actually be able to draw in, but... Yeah, 5-1-1 one, one must be safe to draw, draw Yeah, 5-1-1 one, one would have been safe because yeah. I played Brian BK at this point and I'm his only loss. He's doing really well. Uh, Flores is undefeated at this point. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of my other matches uh, are, are are doing well. The people that I played, and so uh, my my tiebreakers are really good. So I I just yeah, need to really even, win one more match. Yeah, but even still, like it comes down to a clean cut. I think in this when you're that close to 128. So ah, fuck it. Five one would suffice. I think regardless yeah. regardless of uh, tiebreaks, basically. But yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. 
so, so in the sixth round, I go up against my first green white oath deck, and Ooh. I I I don't remember his name. He was a really nice guy. Um, is it prison prison oath or parfait oath or what are we talking it, about? It's the it's the weathered wayfarer green white. Um, I don't I know he's running oath. I don't know if he was running like the full mongoose werebear package. Um, but he's not. It's not the hardcore prison version that runs Sphere of Resistances. But oath so. into weathered wayfarer. Jesus, this sounds spicy. It was, uh, and, and I, maybe I, I'm mischaracterizing it, but um, it was it was pretty standard. You know the cards that he was running out, and I beat him uh, pretty quickly in game one um, with uh, a sutured ghoul, I think. And then in game two, this was the more memorable piece. But in game two. Um, I'm, I'm able to get the druid in play and then, um, end of turn, I activate it and I get my, uh, my, my combo all set up across reclamation and he's, he's dead to an attack. Um, and he's got, um, you know, a couple creatures in play. Uh, I know the coast is clear in his hand. He doesn't have a swords to plowshares or anything. And I swing in with my ghoul. And he's like pretty calm and collected, and rightly so, because he has an untapped core haven. And so ah, he, he, he pays the, the cost, he taps his core haven, and he targets my, my ghoul, and I uh, tap a Yavimaya coast, and I cast a stifle. And Sweet, yeah. Stif stifle core haven. Once and again, dude. stifle saves the day. Yep. Yeah, because death play and then swing back with like a terror board that's, yeah, 26, 26 or something. <laughs> pretty bad yeah. but but yeah, yeah so stifle again right we're seeing yes. these main deck cards mm. that, that serve these other functions and stifle is just so sweet in the list because yeah. you can mm. stifle a lot of the cards that work really well against your combo you can stifle crypts you can stifle furnaces you can mm. stifle core havens you can stifle seal of cleansing you can yeah. stifle all of these these answers um mm. and you have these in the main deck and so the the stifles never come out and yeah. the, vision, the vision charms almost never come out, too. Hmm. Yeah. So you, that's, where were we? You you're, won. You're 5-1 so now. 5-1 so now. You can yeah. draw into your last. And I've only lost two games the entire day yeah, to my Flores. Everything else was 2-0. Oh. Very neat. And did you draw in, or what happened? So in the last round, I played against a gentleman named Nate. Really nice guy, and he was he was having a good day himself. But we calculate, we crunched the numbers, and I'm not very good at this because I haven't played in a lot of major tournaments. But I had uh, BK and Flor I think Flores was there helping, and some some other folks were kind of taking a look at the numbers. And I could have drawn in uh, yep. to the top eight, but Nate could not have drawn uh, in. Okay, okay. And we wanted to be make sure of that because I didn't want to draw with Nate, and then he didn't get into the top yep. eight because then I would feel like a real piece of shit. Mm -hmm. So we, we did, did, they did the math for us and Nate needed to, to play and he needed to win to get into the top eight. So mm -hmm. Nate and I sat down and he was also on a green white list, but I think he was on more of a traditional green white oath list. It says um, threshold, uh, band threshold. Band threshold. Oh, that's right. Yes. He, yeah. he, his list was different. He was yeah. running uh, a, a really a, a unique list that was actually pretty cool. We were looking at it afterwards. Yeah, and we I have think Mystic Enforcers yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. So sweet list. Yes. And that could be problematic for you, but... <laughs> yeah, protection was, from black, it's nice. No, it, yeah, it was how cool does list. Trample work with uh, protection? No, trample uh, goes you, you trample protection. over. Yeah. The trample okay, comes okay, over. Okay, yeah, that yeah. doesn't really matter. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, but I don't remember the games quite as well against Nate, but he did get one game against me. Um, and in the game he got against me, he opened up with a Tormod script. Yeah. Uh, and then he played a Cursed Totem. <laughs> nice. And uh. then he played a second Tormod's Crypt. And at this point, I didn't have the Dreadnought, and I didn't have protection, and so he had the pressure, and I scooped uh, in, I think it was mm. game two, when he had all of those against me. Yeah, it uh, looks like he has, like, some good... He has actually packed three Tormod scripts. He has, like, I don't know, it might take a naturalized, but you have Miscalculation, Disenchant, and the three Cursed Totems, so... He came yeah. prepared for Flint. Yeah. He, he did. Uh. He did. <laughs> Unfortunately, and he got one of the games. And in the third game, I think um, I beat him with a uh, Sylvan Safekeeper into a Dreadnought, okay. um, and then uh, had just had the attacks in to win the game. I, I could be misremembering that, so Nate, apologies if, if I am, but um, I know I was able to to eke out the third game pretty quickly um, and mm. have and have protection and able to get mm. through. So yeah. uh, won that one two one, and with that, uh, that was all seven rounds, and so I was six and one and. Yeah. In, in the top eight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty fucking pretty. good. Flint, I, I need to commentate on one thing since you are totally new to IRL tournaments. You do not have to tell your opponent that what deck you're playing. If I you know. have seen him or her play their I deck. Know. Like that that's part of it. Like you, you don't have to even feel guilty about it. That's part of it. So Yeah. But but it's an it's a of course a very nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone would ever uh, be mad at you for not telling what you're playing. You met Floors again, right? In the yeah, top but I'm, not until the semis. Okay, I that's um, the actually semis. played against Mike Simpson in the quarterfinals, and he was mm-hmm. on uh, Red Green Goblins. Yeah. Yeah, he's been so crushing you... with Atlas lately. He's, uh, he's doing good with it. And that's your, like, uh, we met, that's the Goblin deck you met then in the t- first yes. top eight match. Tell yep, us about uh, it. So uh, I did know he was on goblins, uh, and so I mulliganed into a hand where I could play a first turn dreadnought, and that's what I did, and won the game one pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then in game two, um, I led with a Sylvan Safekeeper, and I um, I had two lands in my opening hand, and Jens Jaeger was sitting next to me. He actually hung out with me for a lot of the later matches. You know, sad Jens waiting for the bus. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Best meme ever. Best meme that, ever. I, I couldn't stop laughing when I saw that. <laughs> yeah, it. I know, I know. It was so good. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, so I had two lands, and so I led um, with a safekeeper, and um, he... Uh, he um, I don't think he had an answer to it, and then I was I l- luckily drew my second land, and um, was able to play a um, a dreadnought out as well, mm-hmm. and then I knew he was going to go for tinkerer, right? So he goblin he uses a goblin matron and he gets a tinkerer and he plays it, but it doesn't have haste, so it sits in play and it's back to me, and he's he's he gets in with lackey, right? So when he attacked in with his lackey, I didn't block with my safekeeper, and so he's got quite a lot of goblins on the battlefield. And so there's this threat of going wide, but his life total is, you know, kind of in danger because I can swing back and, and, and beat him. Right. And so he, at this point he untaps and he has his tinker and he's kind of like thinking about it and whether or not he could do it. And I think I have three lands in play at this point. And he goes to, to and I assume that he's got like a gem palm incinerator or something in his hand as well. And so he goes to use the tinker and I used a stifle against the tinker nice. activation. So I didn't have to sacrifice ah. a land. Yeah. Um, 
and then I was able to swing on the next couple of turns and you know, even if, you know, he, he has a naturalized at that point, I, st I have three ways to protect the dreadnought. And so, um, I'm able to close it out in two games. Ooh, that's a, that's an exciting state of a match, but yeah, cool. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm? And then we're on to the like rematch you rematch. and, uh, Flores, what, what's your thoughts going into meeting him again? <laughs> I was and, and you, you actually top <laughs> it. We, we didn't mention it, but you top aided. You must. How, did you feel like you accomplished what you wanted then, or how are you going into the top eight actually? Yeah, I was. I was really, really excited, uh, mm -hmm. and I went. And I think I said this with Mana, but I got a beer. I hadn't. I hadn't drank anything the whole day because I was mm -hmm. doing well, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I actually have a chance here. I don't want to like affect my judgment at all. Yeah. Uh, and Jinx so, it, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I got a beer and was trying to relax and was just feeling really happy and grateful and excited and people were excited for me. And then I sat down to play my first quarterfinal match and I got nervous again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was the thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I felt even more pressure against Flores, you know, where, where it's the rematch. He was my only loss and we're mm. playing on camera and everybody's, you know, kind of gathered around us watching and I, I felt a lot of pressure, I would say, mm. uh, in, in those games. And I know he's a good player, and he knows my list, and I know his list. Um, but I told myself, like, I know what he, how he wins. I know his important cards. I played that deck before a bunch of times. I know I can beat it, and I'm faster. It's just a matter of making sure I keep the right hands against him. Um, and that, that's, that, that was kind of the headspace that I was in going into the match. Mm. Yeah. And how did it go? Well, I won, uh, fortunately, <laughs> but, but he didn't make it easy. Um, I, I actually kept a, a, a really good um, hand against him where I had duress, but I also had the one Cabal Therapy in, in the deck. Nice. So I was able to strip his hand of his enablers. You know, that, the, That's the first uh, game? or First game, yeah. yeah. And then I'm able to you know, do my thing and, and close the game out you know, pretty fast. Mm. Um, in game two, I also had one of the duresses. And so I'm able to take um, his, I think I take his, oh, excuse me, no, game, that was game one. In game one, I take his careful study and then I take his solitary confinement, right? Mm. So he, he can't, he doesn't have his enablers and he doesn't have his, his backup protection because I can't answer solitary confinement in game one. Mm. Um, I just can't, but post board I can. But in game two, uh, Flores writes about this and he'll do it more justice than I can. But I noticed the first time we played, he kept a, a hand, he kept a seven against me that was a good seven, but it didn't have a swords to plowshares. And he boards in three, so he has four in his deck. And he's got seal cleansing and things like that too, but he didn't have any any answers to mm. a Dreadnought or even to a Hermit Druid in, in that hand. And I was already up one game, and as, as uh, Mana would say, I was playing with house money at that point, so I could afford to lose a game <laughs> if I yeah. went for something and it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And I had the pedal and I had the dreadnought and I had the stifle. And I was just thinking if he kept a similar hand this time where he's, you know, slated to win turn three or four, but he doesn't have an answer to turn one dreadnought. I think I could just win. I think I could just beat him right here. Um, any number of cards in his deck, you know, uh, it could have made that uh, go very, very poorly for me, but I just did it. I just jammed it. I played my land, I played my pedal, I played my dreadnought, I stifled it, and I just passed the turn and said, all right, 
didn't how many mulligans did you do in this game in in game two i don't remember how many mulligans i did um because I, I think like the way flores writes this like the tail goes that you mulligan to four uh totally susceptible to to um source to plowshares but you have read him you are in his head now flint so the mold of four, I, I molded four against him in game one of our first matchup. I molded four okay. and, and beat him with that. Uh, in in the, the semifinals, I did mulligan in some of our games. Uh, I think I mold a lot in, in game one. And I think maybe I mold at least once in game two. I could be wrong. Okay. It's on okay. camera, so, so we'll see it. Yeah. Um, but that that's kind of one of the takeaways that we can talk about afterwards. But you, you got to mulligan with this deck. You can't have the fear in you. Like you have to mulligan really, really, really aggressively with this deck. Um, yeah. And I wasn't afraid to do that with him because I have played this deck so many times and lost so many games because I don't mulligan aggressively enough that it had kind of been beaten into me. You know, yeah. I, I never draw that third land or I never draw that other combo piece or, you know, what have you. And yeah. so at this point, you know, I, I will mulligan as aggressively as I need to down to four, but I will keep all of my four card hands. I usually won't mulligan past four yeah. um, because you're just so card disadvantaged at that point that... Yeah. It's, it's really hard to either get the, the, the combo pieces or the lands to make everything happen in time. Okay. So in, in this hand, uh, in this game, I just didn't think he had it, and so I went for it. Yeah. Mm. And it, it paid off. Yeah. It did. He didn't have it. Yeah. Yeah. So there. That you're actually in the finals <laughs> at this point, and you must be psyched. Yeah, I still have to giggle yeah. a little bit about or, it. Or were I you more <laughs> because I can't believe it happened. <laughs> yeah, were, were you more psyched about winning against Flores even maybe? <laughs> I was, I was, uh, very excited. Yeah, yeah. and um, obviously I didn't, I didn't want to like be disrespectful or anything like like being happy about it or whatever. I was trying to like play it cool. Um, mm -hmm. You know, yeah, was, not not in his face about no, not like, at all. Really I mean, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a nobody in the magic world, right? Like, pre-modern is a small pond, right? So it doesn't matter how many like monthlies you win. Like, it's fun and you get bragging rights and things like that. But mm. I mean, compared to you know the, these former pros or these people who played in all these big events, you know, like all the tournaments Flores has been in, you know, all the vintage you know championships that Rich has been in. You know, mm. B, I remember watching BK talk about his boat brew, you know, while yep. I was playing that, you know, at my local, you know, gaming store and just being like, this is so cool, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, they are the the, the heroes of, of the magic world, right? And, and yeah, I won, but, you know, it was it's just one match, and he beat me the previous match. So I was really happy, but I was mostly just happy about the fact that I got to play him and that I played well against him. Um, I, I think that if I hadn't played well, then I probably wouldn't have felt too great about that. And I, I, I would have felt worse about not playing well than not advancing, right? Not advancing, oh, bummer, right? You know, you get mm, so close. Yeah. But, but as, I, I played as, as, as well as doing, I could. Exactly. You're doing yeah. your best. That's exactly. probably what you want. Yeah. But, yeah, but you, I, I seldom remember my wins, but I always remember if I do something wrong or some <laughs> like yeah. bad losses. Those goes with you to the grave. <laughs> Here lies Seb. He made these play mistakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but it's funny. Like I mean, there are some amazing players you are playing in this tournament. But still, I think the view here is they come to your house and play when when we're talking pre-modern. Like I am they are they advantage. are so experienced in magic, but in pre-modern, yeah, they play at your house now. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm absolutely advantage. I know the format 
I would argue much better than any of these players, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. we've yeah. been doing this online for three years now, yeah. um, mm. doing tons of content, doing tons of theory crafting, deck building. Like, yeah. I know the format really well, and it's a huge advantage, right? Yeah, now. and we have a lot of great, great players yeah, in yeah. the top eight. And, like, also Ole Rode, he brought a, like, report that I read, and he's mm. being humble about what you're mentioning now, Anton. He's... he's like he's not well versed into the format so he he mentioned in his article that he did some like mistakes because of that and yeah. like flint you don't have to do those mistakes because you yeah. you know what it's about that's clinical yeah <laughs> it was a good article i read it right before we uh, actually started to record i really liked it yeah uh and that can be found on end of turn draw a card or you could just uh, i think it's on my uh, twitter like uh, or whatever but uh, how cool is that like there are so many old pro tour guys here I, god yeah, i'm missing exactly. out lobster con would be insane. And, and writing about it and they're writing about it yeah and they're, they're like actually into they're, they're really yeah. like into the format also that's that's yeah. probably the best takeaway of everything i say I'll see you there next year, you guys. I'll, I'll, yeah. First round's yeah. on me. First round's on me. Good, good, good. But you're, you're not drinking beer, I hear, so. <laughs> maybe not Maybe not in the first round, but the first round okay, that okay, I okay. drink. Later on, later on. Yeah. With yeah. you. Over yeah. <laughs> Before the top eight. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but now so, Flint can relax. He has one one. He doesn't need yeah, another You don't trophy. need to yeah. prove anything. <laughs> uh, in the finals, you meet another... Well, worst player then, the Atog Lord himself. Yeah, mm. yeah. that's the Tell dream. Playing it. against Shay in the finals of Primoda, like goddamn, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. So Shay is playing Parfait, Parfait Oath, more exactly. Yep. Uh, it has Gedons and he has Replenish. Also, this is a pretty cool list, I'd say. Uh, also, a bit of well, he, he you met Oath earlier in the. Uh, tournament but this is not <laughs> regular oath right yeah this is this is different um i actually watched him excuse me play against um enchantress in one of the earlier matchups and he got into a board state where he was able to have a land tax in play a zern orb in play and then he casts zer's weirding yeah oh. and he's basically locked his opponent out of the game he, it's lantern control. It's like pre-modern lantern control at that point. And it was mm. so cool to see it. But um, not only the Suran Orb, he has the Ivory Tower also. That and the Ivory Tower and the Land that, Tax. That even more. And Sylvan Library. Yeah. I mean, it was just, he had complete control of the game at that point. Uh, in Pretty a way cool. that I had never seen in pre-modern, right? We don't see <laughs> yeah. Zer's weirding. No, we like, don't. No, exactly. Uh, Mike Hoip and I have messed around with a little bit, and he built kind of this fun tempo-y blue-red yeah. deck where you just get pressure on the board and then cast Azir's Weirding, but yep. it was never quite good enough. Um, but I had, I had not seen anyone even think about that card since. And to yep. see it in this list where he's Probably got... Probably for good reasons, <laughs> but, Probably. but here we have it in the finals <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, yeah, but he's got Triskelion, he's got Azir's Weirding, he's got mm. Oath, he's got a Miser's Duress, he's got a Brain Freeze. Like, this list is just totally out there, but it works. And he's such mm. a good, calculated player yeah. that he can execute it really, really well. And, I mean, he only had, gosh, like, one loss, I think. Yeah, okay, maybe really? Two. Okay. I, I don't know, he, he played really, really well. Yeah, with the Cunning Wish, he also has, like, the, you mentioned earlier, the Orange Chant there also, so 
pretty yeah i don't know what you knew about what he was playing and stuff like that uh, going into the match i knew he was on parfait oath um mm. and i had seen some of the list right so i knew about the brain freeze i knew about the duress i knew about the there's weirding the land tax package cool. um but what scared me the most is just the fact that he's going to have swords to plowshares and he's going to have silicon saints um mm. You know, it's just those those pesky white cards that yeah. that make it <laughs> that really ruins hard. Ruins the fun yeah, for good. everyone. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> the fun police over there. Uh, yeah, but Parfait <laughs> has everything. Like that, that that can even have like back to basics can fuck you up on turn two. Like, okay, I mm. can't attack, especially against you, Flint. Like the deck is a toolbox deluxe uh, thing. Uh, really like that list. Mm. It really, really is. Um, and I just I knew I was on the play and. You know, I had discard and I was able to pull off my game plan really quickly in the first game and get a quick win. And then in the games two, I kind of knew what I was up against in terms of problematic cards. So I boarded in accordingly and was able to, again, uh, it's the second match where I played a turn one safekeeper. And, you know, he's staring at it and he sorts the plowshares it and I snap sack my land to save the safekeeper because I know it's the most important card in my 60 at that mm. point and mm. Ole's gotta live if I'm gonna win yeah. uh, the game against him because he just has so many answers and then I'm able to keep him in play play out some lands eventually get a hermit in play uh, and then I get the hermit in play but he's got a Tormod's Crypt and um, I end up playing a land and a pedal and passing it back to him and not not doing anything during my turn and then at this point, he's starting to assemble his, you know, tax rack package. He's got a scroll rack, slant tax. He's got a silica cleansing, and he has a silica cleansing to the board. And he's got this Tormod's Crypt, and he passes it back. And I have two vision charms in my hand. Oh, and I, so at the cool. end of turn, I use a vision charm to phase his Tormod's Crypt out. Fantastic. And then once yeah. it's phased out, I activate my Hermit Druid. I flash back Crossing Reclamation as well. I get my Reanimation Library. I untap. I sack the Hermit Druid just to make sure that I have perfect information and the coast is clear, and I go for it. But I don't think anybody caught this, but I made a play mistake in the finals against Fishday. <gasps> I made Silo a play mistake in this match. The Scylla Cleansing, yeah. And so I didn't think that with the Safekeeper and Four Lands in play, I didn't think there was anything he could do to beat me, but I'm wrong about that after seeing his list. Um, what I should have done is I should have flashed back the ray, one ray of revelation I had boarded in because I have perfect information. I should mm -hmm. have flashed it back and killed his Scylla cleansing, then reanimated and I would have just won on the spot. Yeah. I would have just won right then and there. But I didn't and I passed it back to him and he scroll racks for like 10 cards. And if he would have found an Armageddon and a Swords, he could have Armageddon to me, then played a land and passed it back and during my turn he yeah. could have during my upkeep he could have swords to my my ghoul so i yeah. could have lost that i could have lost that game because because I what happened was that he uh, like he took your dragon's breath took the dragon breath exactly yeah. yep so i made a play mistake in the finals uh mm. against rich and i got lucky um and it's not a play mistake i'll make again um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you live you learn and yeah. i i live and learned um but the games were a lot closer than i think uh, people gave them credit for uh, mm. Certainly, and he's such a good player. You know, I'm, I'm sure he was looking for exactly those cards. Um, but that, well, that was uh, game one, and we have game two. That game two, okay. That was game two. Game one was a pretty quick win. Uh, okay. you know, duress into combo into win. But you're, and this is, is it best of three? It was just best of three. 
Okay. We didn't know deck lists. It was getting late. You know, this is the tenth. We're going on. This is the tenth round, and yeah, yeah, there was yeah. time in between rounds while they were trying to get everything set up because they actually Are had a broadcast. Sure? Yeah, they, yeah. Had, they had the match broadcast on the projector, but they had to get everything set up. So it's pretty the, late at this point. There's always someone that hasn't reported or done something weird. Anyhow, so. <laughs> it's usually there's that hands-on glance character, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> a Got lot that. of that going on, but um. Yeah, that's pretty neat. So now yes. you're uh, you're the Ameri North American champion in pre-modern at this point. That's what they tell me. That's, yeah. that's what it says on the the lobster trophy. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, and you you have it behind you. Uh, it's it's pretty pretty big. It is. <laughs> it's a big piece of. Uh, yeah, but it's very fitting. There. Yeah, but it's very <laughs> fitting. Like big tournament, big title should have a big fucking trophy. Like, hmm. don't give a shit about the other prize structure. Like a trophy or a shitty card that everyone assigned. Like that's perfect. So yeah, that that's the fun part at the NoobCon that we played a couple of weeks ago. The biggest. Uh, trophy was for the Ante tournament after <laughs> the main event. <laughs> it was like humongous. It's like, I don't know, one meter or something. Well, I'm really happy that you won and like yeah. everything, everything went as you planned, right? It did. It, sometimes it works out. Sometimes you yeah. plan for something and the plan works out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you're very, you're being very modest, Flint. But goddamn, it's like there, are, there is no other like more deserving, worthy like player in the community to win that uh, trophy. So hats off, man. Kudos, mm. and very, very well done. Yeah, Thank and you. it's Ole said uh, that he he was happy that it didn't do that well because it's a North American premodern champion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just a, a swoops in and scoops up the trophy. <laughs> He came tenth place with elves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have we missed anything? Probably. Uh, but I think we people should be able to understand what the like angry hermit is about at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I would just if you decide to pick up the deck and play it, just remember that you know so many cards in your in your deck can do more than one thing, right? Mm -hmm. And just because they play graveyard hate doesn't mean it's over. Um, or core havens or seals or any of that stuff, right? There's always an answer. Mm. Um, and I think it's just knowing the deck. And if you listen today, you kind of understand why I have the sideboard cards that I have in there. Um, don't overboard, don't overthink it. Um, and don't be afraid to mulligan. I guess that's the last piece yeah. that I, I mentioned earlier, but maybe not quite as much. Um, and I, Flores wrote about it in his article as well, but I mulliganed to four cards at least three times during the no. tournament. I mulled down yep. to four, and I won all three of those games. Yeah, um, and because we, I haven't kept score, but I think you lost, was it three games? Or, no, no, four games maybe, because you lost two to, uh, you lost one match. Yeah, uh, and then you games. lost yep. three, three, games. three games. So that, that's pretty neat. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's a pretty good run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, well, congratulations once again. Yeah, congrats, man. Uh, should Thank we you. end on that, Anton? Do you have any more questions? For we have dragged everything we can. Yeah, I think we point, should right? also add some like speculating on magic finances, like 
You oh, should you to try to buy that? your torment scripts now. Okay. Uh, before they peak to like three no, cents. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, that's uh, not on the reserved list, at least. No. Yeah. But it's good. To, that, that's probably one of the cards that I have most of. Like sideboard cards, you need them for all of your decks, I guess. And that must yeah. be one of the cards. You need duresses, naturalizes, and torment scripts to enter this format. That's, that's, and the impulse, like... Those are the four cards. <laughs> Impulse. <laughs> Goes into every deck. Okay, okay. Do, do you want to add any card before we leave to that list, Flynn? I love Enlightened Tutor. I know it's, not in, this, Tutor, okay. I know it's not in this list, but I'm, I'm a big proponent. Big yeah, but we're talking it. about like two cents card here. Like, you know? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Cabal Therapy, if you didn't. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. Cabal Therapy is, is super legit. Yeah, mm. absolutely. All right. Uh, thanks, guys, for uh, joining in. Thank you, Anton, for being my co-host here this evening. Thanks, and always a pleasure. And thank you, Flint, for telling us about your great journey. Thank you. And, thank you so uh, much for having me again. I love love the podcast. Big fan. Really happy to be here. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Always, uh, always good to work with you, Flint. You have you have joined us before in tournaments on Tolaria as well. So. Yep. and epic and whatever yeah that's enough of uh, love guys yeah now we need to go to sleep <laughs>